So I'm gonna give you guys a little beauty um, tip that I am loving. I think I've talked about this before, but I'm gonna just remind everyone. Um, I have been using apple cider vinegar in my hair. And you're probably like, what the heck in your hair? Yeah, I was a little bit concerned too, but it honestly, my hair has never felt softer. It like does something, I think it's called, it clarifies your hair. So it gets like any residue from like hair products or anything like that, or dirt, sweat off of your hair that like shampoo doesn't usually do or doesn't usually get off. So I am obsessed with it. I only do it maybe once or twice a week. Every other time I wash my hair because I only wash my hair every other day. So like two to three times a week. And it honestly has helped my hair so much. It's incredible. Like I, and it's a little bit alarming at first because the smell is, if you don't like the smell of vinegar, which like, I don't know who does like the smell of vinegar, but go on my patio and I just take like a spray bottle and I mix it with like apple cider vinegar and some water and I just like spray the crap out of my hair and then I'll get in the shower so it's been like a couple of minutes and it just like your hair feels you can feel it like the second you get in the shower and put water on your hair with the apple cider vinegar it's just like a huge improvement I, I can't recommend this enough like I really really can't I think everyone should do it I don't know what the science is behind it but I'm really loving it and probably <laughs> someone who works with hair is gonna like email me and be like no stop doing that it's so bad for your hair but I found it on all places Pinterest and it was in a random like blog that I found and I was like I'm gonna just try this I I'm always game for trying new things with like my hair and my skin I don't know I'm just like it's fun to me I like to experiment a little bit but speaking of Pinterest and the great finds that you find on Pinterest um if you guys don't know I have a Pinterest membership that's actually going to also become a course in the near future um where I teach you all about Pinterest and how you can use it to grow your online business grow your blog and keep traffic consistently coming to your website that is the number one thing that I hear coaches and healers when they come to me they say they always have the same three things that they say one is I'm tired <laughs> two is I'm posting on Facebook I'm posting on Instagram I'm posting on Twitter and I'm getting no results and three is why do I even have a website when no one even goes to read it or visit it or looks at it and I get it. I totally get it. I've been there too. I understand it. You're not the only person who feels that way. And that is why I believe so strongly in Pinterest. And it's such a weird thing, right? Like believe so strongly in Pinterest, like what? But it really is something that I feel just really passionate about because it is a way to put your business. And I hate when I hear this too, when someone's like, put your business on autopilot. I don't know about all of that, but what I do know is that you can really automate the traffic to your website. And if your website is optimized correctly, it can really 
One, help you make more money, and two, keep traffic consistently coming to your website. There's no point of writing a blog post or posting a course or a service or a product onto a website and then not getting any traffic. And that's like what really encouraged me when I first started my blog to try Pinterest out which you guys, I wanted a thousand views on my blog in, in like, I had like six months left. I was like, if I can get to a thousand views on my blog within six months, like maybe there's something here, maybe I'll keep going. And (laughs) then I started utilizing Pinterest and within three months I got like 80,000 views on my blog. And I was like, holy cheese it's <laughs> I'm on to something here and I kept going and now we're here at the podcast um at the podcast now we're here podcasting um Pinterest it's an amazing tool and if you guys aren't using it I highly highly suggest that you do I'm gonna include the link for the membership in the show notes of this episode there are about 45 to 50 people in the membership right now And it's doing, they're all doing so, so well. I'm trying to keep updated and seeing where they're at and their progress of getting their Pinterest accounts up and going. But one of my clients, she just was able to reach, she posted a pin to her blog post. I think it was like three days ago and it's already at like 2000 views and she just started her Pinterest like a month ago. So it, Pinterest is getting people incredible results, um, if it's done the right way. And again, there is obviously like a whole philosophy behind it that I really talk about the mindset about Pinterest and how you to actually find the keywords and utilize Pinterest more as a search engine and not a social media platform. I'd go over so much in... the in the membership and I'm constantly adding new content and obviously like everything else in the world Pinterest does change it changes its algorithm it changes what works and what doesn't work and so with that when I get updates from Pinterest I also include that in the membership and the whole point of why I created a membership is because when I was learning Pinterest I found that a lot of people were creating Pinterest's Pinterest courses that were like for beginners. And I was like, well, I'm not really a beginner because I kind of knew enough, but I didn't know really how to use it. And so I was like, why do I need to buy a course that's over a thousand dollars for information that I don't really need. And so that's what kind of inspired me to make the membership was because I wanted it to be something that was affordable, but I also wanted people to be able to come into the membership, extract the information that they needed for two to three months, and then dip. (laughs) And that's it. You take what you need and you learn it, you implement it, you have access to me if you have questions. And then you're done and that's it. Again, I'm also in the process of turning in the membership into a full-on course for people who are more at the beginning stages. Um, And that's going to be relatively moderately priced as well. I'm thinking like under 200 bucks. Um, But again, I really, really believe in memberships and I believe so much in Pinterest and I know that it's going to do amazing things for you if done correctly. So yeah, I I hope that you guys go and check out the membership. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your feedback. If you have questions, if you're like, I don't understand 
what do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> you can always DM me on Instagram at Living Freely and uh, send me a voice clip, send me a video, do whatever you want to do. Um, and yeah, what I want to talk about today is emails. And I get a lot of flack for talking about email marketing because people are like, we hate email marketing. Like no one checks their emails anymore. Um, that's a lie. <laughs> like, okay, email marketing is not dead. I think the spammy email marketing is definitely dead. But I'm going to kind of shift your mindset a little bit around a little bit here about emails and social media and just like I wrote an entire blog post about this. So if you want to read the blog post, you can go to livingbreely.com backslash blog B-L-O-G. And it's it's called Four Strategies to Grow Your Email List. But I feel like in order to really get this, your mindset around emails has to shift. Like people don't really understand why they should build an email list. And I'm, again, one of those people, everyone's going right. Everyone's trying to be an Instagram influencer, YouTuber. I'm going left. I'm going left with my emails. I mean, I'm not the first person to want to do email marketing. I understand that. Um, But I do, again, it's one of those things that I'm just like, I'm really steadfast about building an email list. So here's what I have to say. One of the things that people have a little bit of misconception with, with the Instagrams, Instagrams. I sound like a grandma. When you go to the Facebook, the Instagram people, the Facebook people, Twitter, Snapchat, all of that, the number of followers does not equal dollars. So someone can have like 14 million followers and maybe make like $10,000 a month, you know, selling teeth whitening toothpaste because they got a sponsorship deal. It really depends. Like, I mean, I think a lot of Instagram influencers do make, I'm sure, decent money. Um, but that's usually because they have managers that go and get the brand deals for them. But again, a lot of times the followers don't equal dollars. I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter followers don't equal dollars. And I get it. Instagram influencers, they're using their accounts for their accounts for sponsorships and like free product. But here's the thing. What happens if Instagram decides that they're most the Instagram models, the Instagram dudes, the I don't know, <laughs> whoever else, their most recent photo, whatever, it's, it's against their terms of service and it and they get shut down or their account gets suspended. We've seen this happen before, like people shut down, get their accounts shut down all the time. Um, or what happens to like me and you? If Instagram or Facebook decides that our accounts are against their terms of service, even if we're not, you know, posting inappropriate photos or inappropriate content, who knows? Facebook, Instagram, it's a little iffy. You don't have control. You don't you don't have Mark Zuckerberg on speed dial. You can't call him up and be like, yo, bro, what happened to my account? <laughs> The other thing, this actually happened to a client of mine and it freaked me out. So 
her I'm going to use obviously like fake names so we're just going to go with Becky from 8th grade remembers that my client kissed her boyfriend at Julie's birthday party at the movie theater and after 20 years <laughs> she decides this Becky lady decides that now would be the perfect time now that my client is surpassed 10,000 followers she's got her business going she's all making money making an impact Becky goes you know what that picture she just posted all of these years of rage and jealousy finally came to a head and Becky reports my friend's photo as spam and gets her con her one of her photos taken down because it was marked as spam and then another her this Becky woman just like kept like tagging all of her photos as like inappropriate or spam and it's scary when you get emails like from Instagram and Twitter when or Facebook when your livelihood is based on these social media platforms. And so what I'm getting at here is that we don't own our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram accounts. We don't have control over the algorithms or who sees or who doesn't see our content. And so, I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen your own engagement plummet because Instagram decided to change the algorithm again? Every time I see this, like my eyes, they just like roll like so far back into my head because I'm so over hearing people complain. My Instagram engagement is down. I'm not getting as many likes and comments. Who freaking cares? Listen, you remember when like Facebook and Instagram were both down for like half a day? I people who have email lists are not sweating that kind of stuff. But like I said, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here and I'm not completely against using platforms like Facebook or Instagram to grow your business. But I kind of think of like building a house. <laughs> so social media is a great pillar or a support beam. However, because the platforms are constantly changing and the algorithms are changing and people aren't seeing your content as much as they as much as you feel like they should um or who knows like i mean what we've gone through myspace was big then there was facebook and then facebook's kind of phasing out and now there's instagram like who knows what the next platform is going to be so using social media is a great tool for sure i'm not against it like i said but it's not helping you build a really great foundation. So this is why I believe so passionately in building an email list. <laughs> so one of the reasons why is when you are posting on social media, you're posting on the whole for the whole world to see with the emphasis and the understanding that your account's on, on public, right? If you have a private account, obviously this doesn't apply to you. Um, but when you're posting everyone can see the comments like there's more of a conversation and I get that that is important but also but when you're writing an email even if you're writing it to a large list like I use this in the blog post like Jamie in South Dakota doesn't know who else is reading that email she believes that you are sending that directly to her and it builds this rapport it builds a relationship and trust with Jamie from South Dakota and other potential customers or clients. It's like the purest form of engagement, right? Like 
other than like people's emails that I read, like that I love to read. I love Amanda Francis's emails. I love Melissa Griffin's emails. I love Lewis Howe's emails. Gary Vaynerchuk's emails. Like, I love reading their emails. But also people that I'm actually conversing with in emails are, like, my grandma (laughs) and my mom. Like, people that I actually, like, really, truly, deeply love. So what happens when someone feels like they can trust you, when they feel that they've built a relationship with you, that you understand them, guess what happens when you have a course or a service or a product or a new blog post or anything that you want to promote or sell? Jamie from South Dakota, Billy Bob from New Mexico, I don't know. <laughs> whatever, they're opening up their purses and their wallets and they're pulling out the cash, the credit card, and they're buying from you. They will happily buy from you, very, very happily buy from you. And you, being the great business owner that you are, with integrity, you will happily give them a valuable solution to whatever problem you're solving for them. And Secondly, if you're doing it right, people are going to be opening up your emails and actually engaging with you, like hashtag real engagement. And for me, if you're anything like me, this is the part, this is why I do what I do. Like, I love communicating with people who are on my email list, obviously, like in DMs on Instagram, in Facebook groups and all of that. Like, I love doing that, but it also feels way more personal and authentic to respond to an email from Stephanie in the UK who's halfway across the world for me and she loved my last blog post or podcast or interview that I did and it makes me as the creator want to produce more content for people just like Stephanie and so you're like this is all great but like how do I actually grow my 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 email list so you want to provide value you provide a tiny solution for her problem or their problem. And I'm not talking like, you know, Jamie from South Dakota is $40,000 in debt and you're, you know, shelling out your life savings for her. Like, that's not the type of problems we're trying to solve here. I'm talking about like, Jamie has you know, some pimple. She's acne and you and she's going on a date. Let's say she's going on a date on Friday and she has this zit on her chin and she's like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Well, you know what? You're a makeup artist, hypothetically. And you know exactly what color of concealer and what brand of concealer. And you've totally got her back on this. That's something of value for her, right? That's a problem for her that she's having and you're helping her solve it. Or let's say Stephanie from the UK runs a Etsy shop and needs help with Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest ads. And you've already been through all of that. You know what mistakes you've made when posting new ads on all of the different platforms and you can definitely help her. Or maybe Jamie is doing her second round of Whole30 and she needs new 30-minute dinner recipe ideas and you have also been on Whole30 and you're like, you know what? This is perfect. Like, I've got your back. I've got you covered. Here's all the ingredients, like everything you need to know. And these are all Whole30 approved. 
blah, 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 blah. Like that is something of value that Jamie is looking for. So whatever the case may be, it's just really important to provide value in your emails. No one, and I mean no one, likes a spammy email that just pushes their product at you or brags about all of the amazing successful things that they've had or the new Gucci, Louie, whatever belt. Like make your emails helpful, supportive, and uplifting. And again, of course, there's people out there who like do the whole spammy email things like and it just sucks. It's inevitable. You can easily unsubscribe from them (laughs) like life will move on. So here are just a few ways to provide value to your community in exchange for the email address. So the first thing, this is my personal favorite, is a free freebie or email opt-in. So you can do something like a workbook, an, e- an ebook, a PDF, a checklist, or coupon code. Um, workbooks and PDFs tend to perform really well for myself and for my clients, and they're really easy for other people to download and access with just like a ton of compressed information that who's ever receiving it can really consume and comprehend quickly. The second is an email course or a email series. And I created an email series, a three-day mindfulness course, which is still available, um, where I explained what mindfulness was and how they could practice it. And I think these series should be really, or courses should be really short and to the point. So you want to provide really great value in these short courses, right? But you also want to respect your boundaries as a creator and not overshare content that people should be paying you for like at the end of the day. So don't make it like a 30 day email course or something crazy. Like that's a lot of content for you to produce and a lot of energy for you to produce. And when someone then the energy isn't there. And when I mean energy, I mean money because money is energy. When someone is not investing their energy into this, like the 30 days thing is not going to like roll out very well for you. Um, The third thing would be a fun challenge or workshop. And again, I have actually seen one of my clients do this. So she's a health and fitness um, coach. And she recently did a challenge in her Facebook group about drinking a gallon of water every day for seven days. And she encouraged everyone who wanted to participate to to subscribe to her email list so she could send... Um, them a checklist to prepare them for the week and like some ideas on how to make sure that they continue to drink water throughout the throughout the day. She had like app suggestions, actual like water bottles from Amazon that people could buy that were like specific and all of this like crazy stuff. Like she really knew what she was doing. I was like, you go girl. I don't know. I drink a lot of water (laughs) already, but she was, she did such an amazing job. And so then every day of the challenge, she was sending them an email that was inspiring them to keep drinking their water. And I think that that is such a great way to inspire and motivate and be of service to your community. And the fourth one is webinars. Why do I need to sing that? (laughs) Listen, y'all, I love a good webinar. I'm a webinar, like not posting them myself, but like attending webinars. I love going to webinars. I use this analogy in the blog post that I posted in livingbreely.com backslash blog. And... (laughs) 
I feel like I didn't explain it well in the in the actual written post, so hopefully I can elaborate it a little bit more here, is I talk about, like, do you guys remember those presentations we had to do in elementary school, or if you have kids now, and, like, your kids are doing these projects where you, like, had to create a family tree, and, like, <laughs> I just remember, like, going to my mom and being like, mom, I need pictures of, like, great-great-grandma, <laughs> like, so-and-so, and, like, we had to, like, go to Rite Aid and, like, get the big poster board and, like, all of these papers and, like, like those, like, construction paper and, like, glue and glitter. And those types of presentations, I went ham on these presentations. Like, those were, like, my shit. Like, as a kid, I loved doing stuff like that. Like, when we had to build the missions in fifth grade, we had to do these, like, diagrams of the missions. I was, like... I went to Michael's every single day. Like, I was obsessed. Anyway, webinars kind of feel that way to me, (laughs) like that to me. Like, it's fun to build all of that information and and collect, like, photos and, like, put them into a PowerPoint and all of that. Like, webinars are great because you really get to speak at length about a topic that you know a ton about and you're super passionate about. And this is also just a really great opportunity for you to assert yourself as an authority figure in your niche. Like if you can talk for 30, 45 minutes to an hour about one topic, like you know your shit, your S-H-I-T, like you know what you're talking about because that is like, I mean, I've met a lot of really great bullshitters in my life, but I've never met a bullshitter who could bullshit for an entire hour. 30 minutes to an hour. Maybe I just haven't met enough people who are like that, but like, it's crazy. Like you will really establish yourself as someone who can one, produce results for people and two, also really knows what they're talking about. And again, as all, there are downsides to all of these, but webinars, I feel like have the biggest, it's not what I would start off with. Like if you're brand new to blogging, the online space, like all of that, ease your way in with a checklist, a PDF checklist, and just continue to build off of that. Um, because webinars can be a little bit costly to produce and intricate to set up because you need to find a platform to host the webinar and usually that costs money and then if you have a larger audience size size um that price obviously like increases as well but if you have the time and the resources to do webinars i would say 100 percent go for it because they are really really successful and i think webinars are good Like if you're going to invest money in a webinar, you should have a funnel. You should have an offer. It should lead to something. Um, I mean, same with all of these things. Like your email list should eventually be you telling your your potential customer or your potential client, like these are the services. This is the product. This is the course. This is the whatever else you're selling, right? We're all in business for one reason or another. Um, This is what I have to offer. But I think the first thing is, and I think Gary Vee says this, I've watched a couple of his videos where he talks about like, you have to provide value upfront. I always say like provide two to three times the amount of value you think you need to provide um, 
before you ever ask someone to buy your course, to buy your service, like you have to really be able to give them a little bit of a taste of what you can do for them. Maybe even more than a taste, like you need to roll out like the appetizers and like the dinner salad before you even (laughs) ask for a credit card or cash or anything like that. Again, it's all about building that relationship and building that trust. So that is how I would recommend utilizing an email list and building an email list. I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, I know this is a little bit on the lengthy side. Sorry about that. I'm going to try to keep them a little bit shorter um, in the next upcoming weeks. But if this episode was helpful for you guys, um, this is what I need you to do. I need you to do either one one or two things. One is subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another episode because a new episode comes out every Wednesday and Friday. And whatever platform you're listening on, leave a five-star review and a review. That would be so great. I really, really would appreciate that. And second thing is, if you're loving this episode, take a screenshot of you listening to it and tag me on Instagram at livingbreely so I can share it with my community as well and give you some love and like ask you questions like was it helpful what part of it was helpful how can I help you have you started an email list and you're like I don't know what I'm doing help me I will gladly help you so yeah send me a little dm like I said a voice note I love getting voice notes I think they're so fun I love giving voice notes too it's like my new favorite thing I like never thought that I would be a voice note type of girl and like here I am just like sending voice notes all day um (laughs) but that is all that I have for you guys for today's episode all right well be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye.